0: life audio
1: hello everybody i'm cynthia garrett and welcome to girl club i uh I hope you're having a great morning, evening, or night, wherever you are around the world. This is the place where real girls get together to have real talk about real issues while seeking to apply and walk in real faith, which is sometimes challenging in the nations that we live in today. But you know what? With God, there seems to be a way to do all things. So uh, together, we sharpen each other, and we cry together and laugh together and have a whole lot of fellowship. And um, I think mostly we reason together that God is good and he's a good response to help us love uh, the often crazy different things that exist around us today. So joining me today are two of uh, three Girl Club regulars because Christina Boudreau is off uh, in Mexico, I believe, uh, today. Um On another missions trip. So uh, while we will miss her, we forge ahead with my two favorite singer songwriters and sisters in Christ. Um, They're both great teachers, uh, great pastors, great lovers of the Word of God, and just awesome girlfriends. So let's welcome in Nova Page and Christina Reynolds. Hey, y'all. Good morning. Hi, Hi guys. So have you. Since, since, since those of you who've been with us, um, may have tuned in on Friday's special surprise girl club and you know that we were all together here in Nashville, I guess the first question I have to say is, so you survived the weekend, ladies. How are you?
0: Tie I'm As Me you can see, too. I'm in my car. I'm in my car because I'm a little mama on the go. My daughter Shiloh is at surf camp right now, so I dropped her off. Aww. I really don't want to waste gas going all the way home, so I'm sitting in my car. Yeah. And uh, hanging out Just, with you guys.
1: Don't you love that you <laughs> actually have to choose uh, to conserve gas? Because at eight dollars a gallon, I know it's, we're all getting oh my hit it's with like reality. Like a million
0: dollars. I'm like, <laughs> <I> no. <laughs> that's That's crazy crazy.
1: I know it's crazy and and you're back in California Nova where it's extra crazy yeah
0: it's extra just extra all extra everything about it
1: (laughs) I I I pray for you stand on the wall rebuild that (laughs) wall Nehemiah (laughs) yeah I had to put the bricks down and move to Tennessee Good. christina how about you
2: oh i'm exhausted i'm so happy to be reunited with my family my husband and my son just got back into town last night from um a football regional in green bay they got to play on the green bay packers practice fields and they had they had a sad loss but they grew a lot but anyways i'm glad to be reunited with my family it's been a little too long (laughs)
1: I know. It's so funny. You know, when you have young children, two days does seem like an eternity, doesn't it?
2: It felt yes. like a week. It was yeah. still, time together was so full and rich that I felt like I was with you guys for like a
1: week. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I know. Yeah. I know. It's true. It's true. Well, you know, Christina, you'll be a lot closer when you get moved here. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> got to pray my husband. and
1: <laughs> you, you guys, I'm speaking that prophetically. So for those of you listening and watching, uh, can't you just, don't you just look at Christina Reynolds and see that she'd be happier living in Franklin, Tennessee? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Oh my I man. do. Oh my. Well, you guys, let's say, say hi. We, we Misha, Susana. Hi, Susana. Um, Jahaira. Hi, mom and daughter are here. Hello. It's good to see you guys. Hello. Welcome in around the world. Um, I want to, I want to throw it out there for those of you joining Um, We are recently and newly launched um, on Life Audio. So that's a big, you know, great, big, wonderful bit of news. So thanks, Life Audio, for having us and for hosting us on your podcast as our podcast server. So and those of you listening to podcasts on Apple and iTunes and Spotify and any other podcast platform you're listening on, we just... uh, we just invite you to like us and subscribe us and please share, you know, just like we are going to ask you to like us and subscribe to us right here on cynthiagarrett.org and the Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel. You can find girl club there. If you want to interact with us, I highly recommend you check us out through the YouTube channel because you'll notice that um, we get live comments throughout the broadcast and it's really awesome because then we get to deal with them. So Send us in your questions, you guys. Send us your comments. How you feeling? What's God doing in your life this week? And ladies, you know, speaking of sending in questions and comments, we didn't pick it up last week because it felt really important. I know, Christina, you and I kind of had a chat about this particular email that came in, and I just thought it was just really, you know, um, it's one of those emails that I felt like maybe we could kind of. Pick apart together. And it comes in from one of our regulars, Pamela Lee. And it says, and I'm going to take it in sections, you know, because it's pretty, it was a pretty long email, very insightful, and kind of really, um, kind of really gets into a lot of the things we've been talking about here on Girl Club the last couple of months, actually. Um, so, first of all, it starts thank you to your Girl Club tribe. I'm blah, blah, blah this morning. Thank you to your girl club tribe for being real and honest. It's so refreshing. Sharing your stories does encourage your listeners. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I know that makes me feel good because sometimes I wonder, you know, is is the sharing of the things that we go through, is it helpful or impactful for others? And I think most of the comments we get all the time um, center around the fact that us being real and honest is really helping to break some chains off of people's lives. So that's awesome. You know, then she asks a question, which I think is really interesting. Why do you think leaders are groomed to be silent? Not that we should air all the dirty laundry. Okay. I want to stop right there. I want to ask you guys, first of all, do you think leaders are groomed to be silent in the church or in politics or in any other position of leadership Do you think um, there's... yes yeah.
2: in church really? yes I I wouldn't know in politics because that's not the arena that I've been in but I would say not just leaders but um, I think just the church in general yeah. but yes leaders for sure and I know that what? this is a very this is a very difficult thing to talk <laughs> about because we never want to like yet again, air people's dirty laundry on like the internet. But I think it's such an important, um, I think it's important that we talk about it because no one's talking about it. And yet right now it's very clear that there is massive exposing of the covered up stuff within the church. And that's like everywhere, not just in one place or the other, but it's it's country it's like all across our country. I can't speak for around the world, but we are seeing it in headlines now. And I think that speaks a lot about just that. This isn't, this is actually a really serious issue.
1: Yeah. I, I, Nova, do you think leaders are groomed actually to be silent?
0: <clears throat> is is a very, interesting question because I think in some cases it's very, it's an undertone within the culture that has been created when there is a top down leadership. So the idea that there is a top of the top leader, even in any organization, any nonprofit, there is a top of the top leader and that and the people below him whatever kind of team there is or if it's just you know one executive that's below that often depending on how you what world you come from from like for instance if you come from the business world the business world would say whatever if the boss wears jeans you wear jeans if the boss uh, reads this book you read this book there is this there's this thing that whatever the boss says to do you do because you please the boss However, in the ministry contract context, how I think churches, what they have gotten away from is that, um, leaders come to serve, not be served and not be top down leaders, but lead from humility. So yes, if the organization, if the church, if the organization is all about there being a number one. Then ultimately that number one wants to do what they want to do. And everybody else has to fall in line. I don't care what organization it is. People want to fall in line. So what do you do when you fall in line? Well, I can't really say anything or I might get fired. So it's not this overt, like you better do what I say. And if you don't, you know, you better be silent about that. No one ever says be silent. There's just this there's this tone and there's a family rule that goes into play and you watch it happen and you see people all of a sudden disappear and you go, uh oh, they broke the family rule somehow. I better stay clear from that. And it becomes a very abusive cycle. So yes. People are groomed into silence and sometimes it becomes by accident because it is a fearful, toxic environment in which they have been brought up in. Yeah. And so when you become a person that is not a yes man or a yes woman, you, and you go against the flow, you get gone. And that is when exactly people it. Gone yeah. girl, when, gone girl, gone boy. <laughs> And, and so it is a very, it's a hard thing for people because all of a sudden people disappear and everybody's like, what happened? Well, you better be quiet about stuff because you don't want to be like that person. And these, and, and quite honestly, I feel for people because they're thinking, well, I need to feed my family. I need to like provide. And so just, just shut up and do your job. And then all of a sudden the freedom within the organization to be who God called you to be is gone. And therefore the grooming happens, the silence happens, the toxicity remains and people live out in fear. And, and these organizations often fall as we've seen happen all over the place.
1: Yeah. It, it's very, yeah. it's very simple to, you know, I hear what you're saying. I agree with both of you. I think that um, acceptance often grooms people into being silent. They want to be accepted. Um, Remember we're here only to be accepted by Jesus. I mean, by Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, we have one set of rules we're supposed to live according to. And the problem is that when we start living according to the set of rules as determined by man, when we know that the rules that they're giving us are in some way compromised or, rooted in the wrong thing. Now we're serving man and not, you know, not scripture, not God's Mm -hmm. rules. Um, we're not serving our creator. We're serving the created. Um, I think also greed can groom people into silence. I mean, you know, I had a story recently, true story, um, a very well-known, um, leader in the, in the church, his wife called me and apparently they've been separated for a year and a half. And in the process of divorcing, I had no idea. People don't call my husband and I to tell us things like that because then they have to deal with, you know, okay, I love you, but let me just tell you what the Bible says. And, you know, absent some sort of fornication or, you know, something, something else, you don't just get to leave your marriage because well, it's not working. She's mean. He annoys me, you know, blah, blah, blah. So if God can truly restore everything, he can even restore that. Right. I mean, I believe that. So uh, it was interesting though, because the comment made to me was, well, I think I have to sign this document. So basically, you know, I don't talk about him in a bad way because the pastor at our church said, well, you don't want to disparage him publicly because you know, That's how he makes money. And that's how he supports you. So you don't want to mess with that. And I just, I mean, that made me sick to my stomach and um, it's causing me to question a lot of things. So I think, yeah, that's just plain old greed. And sure you have a family to support, but maybe you shouldn't be supporting your family in ministry. If you're, if you're, if you're not really in a place where you need to be in that season. And I'm not the saying- thing
0: Cynthia if this the part of it is though it it happens slowly for people they don't really know yeah like they it ha it's a very slow drip sometimes you know yeah. with this yeah. it's and and it's kind of like all of a sudden you get hit in the face you go oh I didn't even realize I was working with this you know right. or you or
1: there's there's just a lot to be said about it, you no, know. No, no, listen, no judgments. But the reality is, the only thing necessary for the spread of evil is for good people to do and say nothing, right? So, like, it's really a it's a tough one, Nova. Because, I, look, I you know my background is in Hollywood. who talk about a culture of silence. I mean, period. Tough, I, right. I, I went along with tons of stuff that I wouldn't go along with today per se, you know, and because I was a young girl, I needed the work. I became a young single mom. I needed the job, you know, so all of a sudden, you know, when a guy's inappropriate with you, you sort of, you learn to like, it's like you have olive oil on your body. You know, you just learn to let it slide (laughs) off and keep it moving, slide off and keep it moving. Because why? Because if you say something, you know, if you would have said, Hey, time's up on that many years ago, you just wouldn't have worked anymore. You get blackballed.
0: Yeah. You get blackballed and it happens in the church too. And it happens in nonprofit organization. It's a top-down leadership thing, Cynthia. And that's, that is the truth. You know, great leaders actually surround themselves with people that are better than them, but that is not the way most people want it. Most people want to shine. And if you get too shiny, if you get too truthful, they tear you down and tell you to exit stage, right. Or exit. you know? So, you know, I, I think, the world has gotten into the church. I, I, I do believe that we have become, the church has become celebritized. We, you know, and I think there's a lot of uh, players in the mix when it comes to that. You know, I think dangerous leaders, those predictable, unpredictable, predictably unpredictable leaders just surround themselves with people that will say yes, so that they can just tell them what to do and they can get what they want. And if you get in the way of that, you're gone. And again, it, 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 You know, it is a learned culture. It's a culture that's created over time and people kind of get used to it and kind of it, it's a little bit culty because people kind of like get dazed into it. And then you get on the other side of that, which I've heard from so many, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have heard the Mars Hill thing. You get on the other side of it and you realize, wow, this is not the way it's supposed to be.
1: Right. Right. But I... I also think it's important to remember that we can change a culture the second we decide to change a culture and the reality, the, the, I don't agree. No, I don't agree with you. Let me tell you what I mean by that. What I mean by that is you have to start saying no. Like if everyone says just no, you know, what is it? The hell no, we won't go. I mean, you know, just if everyone just stands up and says (laughs) No, then I mean, then Nova, it changes. It's like, it's like Cynthia. the day that it's like the day I decided that a guy, I would not accept any man being inappropriate around me. Guess what? I decided it inside of myself. And then all of a sudden I, it, that, that, that kind of an, a, an offense or an attack doesn't even come near me anymore. I don't even think there's anything in me, yes. you know, that says, guess, yes, there's a tolerance you. of it. You no, know,
0: but- I, I agree with that, Cynthia, but the problem is, and I'm, I'm only pushing back because I've watched it happen over and over. You are strong enough to do There are people that are strong enough to do that. Guess what? They get gone and they get replaced with other yes men. And so the t- cycle continues. Yeah. And if you, there's zero accountability with those top people, there's no board of directors. There's no people that will say no. There's <laughs> no people, there's no consequences. It yeah. just keeps going. So yeah, yeah. The, the people who yeah. say, okay, bye-bye. Like I'm out of here. I'm not doing that that's fine. They can go and they may change the world somewhere else, but that particular place, unless, unless that one leader is held accountable, nothing's ever going to change in that spot. Now. Agree. God, God, God's hand can totally come off of that. And that's, but to me, I'm like, that's the Lord's job. I just think leaders are silenced and then they get gone and then they're just replaced by other leaders.
1: Yeah. It's just by. <laughs> yeah. But what I say, all it takes is for everyone to say no, that's really what I mean. If there was no replaceable, you know, person, you, you so know, it's hard. like, it's, it, well, it, of course it's hard, but it requires all of us as believers to change. We have but this to is, change. Okay, but this but is they, the but,
0: question but though. But
1: it doesn't, and, it doesn't change. Hold on it doesn't change. No, no, it, but that doesn't mean it can't if we all change. If we all, look, if there were 25 people in the world And one leader who did this repeatedly, but he couldn't find anyone to replace the other 24 people with, (laughs) it would change. I mean, it's just that simple. Now the reality,
0: yeah, now the reality is that's called heaven.
1: (laughs) Maybe, maybe, but the reality is, unfortunately, you can always find someone else to replace that person with. However, however, you're talking about, you know, total structural change. It's true. You know, and it's not, you know, you guys were focused on the church. It's not just the church. It's any situation, corporation, you know, political arena that you're in when leaders are elevated and exalted to a place of God. And this is, I'm sorry, but I think this is a big part of the problem. And this is a part of the problem inside of us. Human beings love to idolize people. They love to make rock stars out of people. They love to lift up people. They love to look at, ooh, look at, look, Carl Lentz should have been held to the same standard as any other pastor, right? When you stop doing that and you start making celebrities out of politicians or pastors, all of a sudden you're worshiping the created and not the creator, and yeah. that's, that's a flaw inside of us as humans. Mm-hmm. Why are yeah. human beings so in need of loving and idolizing everything but God?
0: No, I, Cynthia, to that point, I a hundred percent agree. I just don't think we're ever going to be rid of that because there's always someone who is weaker, who wants to be on top with that person yeah. that is just going to go after it. So, I mean, yeah. my frustration doesn't come out like my, there is a, you hear the frustration <laughs> of a voice. Like it's just, it's like people get sucked in and you're right. It is it's bottom line. It's always just going to be about a heart condition. It's like, there's always going to be that ego. That's just like, man, but if this is my opportunity, I'm just going to stab that person in the back and I'm going to get to the front of the line. And that mm. is what we're dealing with inside the church and outside the church bottom line. And so I'm mm. not, unless the top leaders decide, Hey, guess what? Everybody Pl- don't worship me. And they're right. adamant about it. Nothing's right. going to change. And even no. then people will idolize that somehow.
1: That. okay <laughs> true so true do you that. but do you think true there's <laughs> but do you think there's a
2: place for like because you're saying like it's being covered it's being covered something we're saying is if we'll just say no then hopefully others will say no but i want to ask like where's the line between people like us who have seen the things that are being covered up and are going like where's our place to go should we speak up? Should we not speak up? Cause I know that the Lord is like not flippant about, we're just going to like, and, and you know, we're just going to like expose what's going on, you know, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I know that's not wise as well. Like there's a lot of wisdom and discernment that needs to go into that. But like, where do we, as we are leaders within the church, where do we stop being silent? what's how do you discern I'll the right you. moments in the right times?
1: I think I got it. And I think it's in the next part of Pamela Lee's email where she asked the question, she says, and this is, I'm continuing forward. Do you think silence is a deceptive tool that the enemy uses to either keep someone in sin or to divide the body of Christ? I've learned in my experience, nothing good comes from being hidden. Well, definitely nothing good comes from being hidden, but the question's really powerful. Yes, I think silence is a deceptive tool that the enemy uses to keep someone in sin or to divide the body of Christ. Maybe that's the point in which we have to speak up and not be silent. When we look Mm -hmm. at a situation, a system, an institution, a a company, whatever, a group, and we realize that the culture of silence is actually being used as a deceptive tool, right? To allow the leader to remain just in total sin, you know, look, by their fruit, we're supposed to judge them. If you got a leader whose fruit looks like it's rotten, spoiled, and fallen all over the ground, speak up, okay? Speak up. And if you look at the culture of silence that you're in, and it's actually dividing the body of Christ, that it, then you know this is, Jesus has left the building. Because God doesn't divide. God multiplies. He adds and he, you know, he, he 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 doesn't divide or subtract, you know. So it's pretty simple, you know. When I look at a situation and I see God adding to it, I see it growing. I see it. I see addition. I see multiplic- multiplication, of the fruits of the spirit, multiplication and increase in love and and unity. Um, I know that God is on is really you know, running the leader, who's running the body, who's running the the outreach. When I see division and I see sin and I see anger or lies and, you know, silencing happening, then I know that Satan is like, you know, in the building, you know, and look, what's the old saying? Satan, you know, Satan didn't leave the church. He just joined it or he couldn't <laughs> defeat. He couldn't defeat the church. So he just joined it. So come on, you know, those old, Sayings, I think they are rooted in some truth. We got to know that. And as human beings, it takes us to that place where we got to stop making idols of people. You know, we have to, now we have to honor and respect authority. We serve a God of order, not a God of chaos. We do. He loves his roles. We play a role. When we function in our role in the body of Christ, the whole body is healthy. But man, when the head is not healthy, the body is diseased. It doesn't know where to walk, (laughs) doesn't know how to talk. Think about it, when the brain is sick, nothing else in the body functions. You can't lift up your arms, you can't move your legs. I mean, think about this as a physical ailment, right? Like, when the brain and the mind is sick, you're walking into the walls. You just don't have any control over any of your bodily functions, you know, and... Yeah, you
2: know I mean, at, but at the same time you know even over these last few days like we were in a lot of conversation about this. Yeah. And um and like just I love speaking to Roger, your husband, because he's so he just gives such yeah. I, I mean he just he just throws different um different angles on it since being a part of the Jesus movement seeing so much craziness. I mean the things that he was sharing about yeah. people that like I don't. Even, I don't even want to say the names. I don't even remember. But like specific men who were anointed of God, who were like living in complete sin, like in agreement with the devil, seeing them manifest demonically, but then walk into a room and like hundreds of people getting saved, and like it's just it's just well, so interesting. And I'm
1: let's talk about you that. know.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that's and even like what I'm seeing around me. Um, I want to be as vague as possible is just, I see where the Lord is moving. I do outside, but I also see so much destruction within the community because of lies, because of covering, because of honestly, I think it's spiritual manipulation in, in, in the name of the prophetic. And it's like, but you see this like dichotomy where God is moving. And then you see where it's like, you see the enemy moving as well. And I, I just me being a believer and like not wanting to run away from my family of Christ, in Christ, it's like yeah. I, I only know how to do what I can do, which is forgive, <laughs> pray for the light of Christ to be released. But it, it does feel like I feel Nova's frustration. It feels like it's never going to change.
1: It feels just like ah. Yeah. Uh, well, know? I yeah, I I totally get it. And I, look, I I think if my heart issue in this. Issue with this issue is that I tend to meet people and if they say that they're a Christian, I take them at their word, right? Until I see something different. And, you know, a lot of times you can see so much different that it just gets really discouraging. You know, you begin to wonder like, you know, I mean, A, why do I have faith? B, should I have faith? See, should anybody have faith? And then, and then, and then you realize, you know, it, it, as a mature believer, that faith is the only thing that I can't live without and can't do without. So that's why Satan has joined the body of faith. Because he can't sift us. Look, the word says Satan desires to sift us, right? As if we're wheat. Well, you can't sift a basket of wheat unless you get down into the basket and start sifting it. So you got to be in it in order to win it. And I think Satan's in it to win it. The problem is that more of us have to be in it to win it for Jesus. And I think it sounds maybe cheesy to a lot of people to hear it put that way, but it really is true. If you're really in it to win it for Jesus, then you start, I think, thinking about what your exterior actions show to other people, you know, like if I say I'm a Christian, but I'm. A mean girl, or I don't love on others, or I don't, you know, go out and look for ways to continue to stand up for my faith and to stand up for the widow and the homeless and the lost, then who am I and what am I really, you know? So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think unfortunately, no, you know, a lot of leaders are not in it to win it. They're in it to win it for themselves. They're not in it to win it for kingdom advancement. They're in it it to win it for their own advancement.
0: No, absolutely. And I think there's kind of like two different things we're talking about here. I think one of them is being a leader or seeing leaders and being under like specific leaders. And then there's people who are just like, um, I'm sorry. I'm boiling hot. I'm in my car and I can't open the door because the birds are loud. So just bear with the sweat. It's like, I am You're glowing.
2: You're glowing. I'm glowing. Hallelujah.
0: <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> so, hallelujah. So I think that the other thing that we're talking about is like maybe being a discerning um, person who is going to into I mean, I know we're kind of been talking about church here or whatever, a nonprofit or whatnot, but maybe going to see hey, what is this church's stance on things? What do they believe? What does. Um, is the pastor in a small group? Is he actually with people in people's lives? Um, does he have friends? Do people actually know him? Like, like, why can't we be a little like invasive going, Hey, I really want to know what the church does with its money. I think there's, you know, like we have to, I want to be a part of organizations who are like here, I'm open-handed. You can see everything I do. No problem. Because you know what, that's great accountability. And guess what? Who's not going to be, be, messing around and having shenanigans is people that are open-handed. So I say, go be a part of organizations that will, that will just be open-handed leaders and go, you can look at everything. We're just here to serve. And honestly, like, I think that's, that's a part of uh, you know, that's, that's what I want to do in the future. So I, I, I guess I, I, I'm so I'm, I get heated about it, Cynthia, because it isn't cut and dry in some ways because if you've been part of an organization long enough as a leader, perhaps you got um, cradled to sleep and things changed over time and you didn't see it. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: I, I think, yeah. um, I think each of us has probably experienced that, you know, even in Hollywood, Cynthia, it's like, you know, you get cradled to sleep on certain things. Then you're like, Whoa, you met Jesus. And you're like, Oh my gosh. Like, I can't believe I. Even oh yeah. That. Well, well right? let, me right.
1: take, let me take it a step further. I met the more I studied the Bible through the years in my life and the more I applied and and really wanted to please God not man the more I realized I even needed to change the way that I vote not just because the way that I yeah. vote is an extension of the way that I live yeah. so the there's a there's a big problem I think in the nations plural because Christians don't read and study the Bible the way that they should. So I want to encourage all of you who are members of Girl Club to be like, be the difference, man. Let's let's be the ones who read and study the Bible the way that we should. Because in it pertains everything for life and godliness. I mean, that's scripture, right? And it's true. You know, it's like, it's just true. You know, we were created for fellowship. If, if, if there was more of this going on with leaders even, you know, where there really was top down leadership and leaders who show up to serve, not be served. I mean, no, but like just even quickly going back to that statement, man, we live in a culture of people, believers and unbelievers alike, who don't like the word servant. They don't like the word, oh, I know. To, you know, I, I, serving others. But oh, yeah. I mean because it makes them if,
0: feel low. It's like you get all the petty people to do stuff, you just get to sit there. I right. mean, I have heard that. I went to like a wow. business leaders' conference and they're like, screw being leaders, you need you need to get other people to do that. I'm like, that does not sound like what Jesus talked about. Oh my goodness. Oh
1: my oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right. But you know what? If you didn't know the Bible, you wouldn't know that that's not what Jesus talked about. So you mm-hmm. would be falling into this toxic system because. Word for lack of knowledge, a people perish. So if you don't want to perish, you need to have knowledge of what your own Bible says and who Jesus really is. Because if you understand your individual identity in Christ, you will understand when you're looking at the fruits of the spirit at work or the fruits of Satan at work, and you will know whether to remain or whether to go, whether to vote yes or whether to vote no, whether to covenant or whether not to covenant, whether to be involved or whether not to be involved, whether to follow or whether to be leading that situation. And you know, I go to what. Thank you, Anna, for those stars. <laughs> you know, I go to uh, this comment from Latanya Tyler, and I really do want to acknowledge what she writes in. God is moving despite the corruption of man, and that is true. And, and mm-hmm. I never want our conversations to overshadow my underlying belief and knowledge. He still reigns. He's still God. He still moves no matter what men do, no matter how corrupt men are. In fact, I believe that the corruption of man is simply a wonderful dark canvas for God to shine a huge light on and basically, I think Salumpra said it, show up and show out, you know, and it is, and it is true because I believe that the worse things get, the bigger my God gets, Yeah. I, I, you know, listen, I mean, you guys, the worst, the, the worst moments in your life, answer this. Cause I know for me, I can say, yep, he showed up. He was there. He proved himself real. When do you see, w- when have you seen God really and truly be the biggest God in your life? Was it at the worst moments or the best moments? I bet you it's some combination of both of them.
2: Yeah. 100%. 100%. He's always showed up. And I think, you know, I think it's really good to process the pain of what we're seeing, but also to like really cry and ask for God's perspective, you know, like, 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 like I started thinking like once all this, these different things were the headlines were going and this and that, and things were happening in my own life and stuff. I think at first I was, ah, I can't believe this is happening. You know, we go into our, like our fleshly, like, woe is me. This is, you know, and there's pain involved and it's so legitimate. It is so legitimate. I do never want to downplay that. But at the same time, I felt like I, I wanted to be grateful to that. Like the Lord was, was going okay here and no, no further. These people are not allowed to sin behind closed doors anymore. Yes, it's going to shock people, but he's putting a stop to it. He is moving, and and I found like my even my percef- my perspective shifting a bit to go. Thank you, God, for one, he is so long suffering a patient because he longs for these people to be saved, even if it's by the skin of their teeth. He will do what it takes to have them be with him and stay in his family for forever. Number two, I was hit with just the fear of the Lord. Because I was like, oh my gosh, holiness is no joke. Walking in the light as God is in the light is no joke. And it's not easy. It is day by day, step by step, choice by choice, thought by thought. And I was just struck with like, I am one decision. I'm one bad decision away from being where that person is. And I was like, I was just hit with the reality that I need to be clinging to His mercies that are new every morning, I need to be pressing it. I need to be asking God, like, what is it that you want today? Because I can easily be convoluted and and somehow think that my will is God's will because I'm so wise and I've thought this through and whatever. And it, it really honestly has been an eye opener for me of even going, we live in super dark times and this is when we need to be clinging to the light like never before and, and shining the light of Christ. We can't be dabbling in this stuff, (laughs) you know? And that, that goes even just in my thought life, I'm talking like little things, you know? And so, so I, I do want to, I agree with Latanya 100%. God is moving and I love it because like everything that he's been doing is going to be exalted and everyone will see there's coming a day when not one person will be, will, will go, Oh man, I didn't know. His, his, his works are going to be put on display. Everyone, no man is without excuse. He will know that he is God. And, um, so yeah, I just want to, I don't want to agree with that. Like, I don't want to exalt like the darkness. I do want to affirm it and say anyone who has been pushed out, silenced, abused, manipulated, all of the above, that is absolutely not okay. But you know, we serve a God who is just, and he's jealous for his, for his bride. He's jealous for his children. He's not okay with that. And everyone will hold an account. And And I, you know, so I just, I just want to be close to him. Yeah. To close L- to him and his will.
1: Yeah. Listen, I mean, <sighs> agreed. And I want to move on to the next part of Pamela's email into us, which is really interesting. Um, She says, I've been told by so many women over the years that most leaders, and she's now referring to the church, are unapproachable because their life is perfect and they wouldn't understand what I'm going through, in quotes. Now, I got to tell you, the reason why this one's so interesting to me is because this was me all through my 20s, all through my 20s and a good part of my 30s. I would look at women, you know, in leadership or who kind of taught the Bible or who claim to be Christians. And I I just thought, well, they're so perfect. I'm not included a B a lot of them didn't look like me, you know? Um, And I don't just mean my skin color. They didn't look like me. They didn't dress like me. They didn't live the same life I was living. So I didn't have any role models or examples, but it, but more than anything, it was the, I'm not included because that person has arrived at a place of perfection and I'm not at that place. And I have to tell you, I'm so grateful to women leaders like Joyce Meyer, who has really played it her life very openly. You know, she speaks about her brokenness. To me, she was probably the most transparent, you know, in terms of I'm broken. My life was a mess and it wasn't the men who were that way. It was the women who were that way. Uh, the men always seemed to have it all together and they seemed to stand on a glory cloud and they have the gift of healing. They have the gift of the prophetic. They had whatever, the, they had the gift, whatever it was. And the rest of us were just trying to get there. Um, but I am grateful for the women, you know, those couple of women. Paula White, I'll, I'll never forget. You know, I went to a I went to a conference at the Forum in Los Angeles one year It was a T.D. Jakes conference, Woman Thou Art Loosed. Okay. So for those of you who remember the Woman Thou Art Loosed days, you know, this is going back a a ways, you know, in in T.D. Jakes's ministry. Um, But Paula came out and I'll never forget, here comes this tiny little blonde, but she preached like a black woman. And and let's just say she preached like a black man because Jakes was her mentor, but she was dressed in Gucci from head to toe. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you this for a reason. And I remember at the time I was working on television. I was constantly being, you know, called a fashionista, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at this chick who came out and talked about how her husband was from 20 generations of preachers. And she was from 20 generations of heathens. And she grew up dirt poor. And she, just, and, and she rocked my world because I could relate to her. I could relate to this broken little girl who had overcome and found, you know, some success and, you know, looked a certain way and dressed a certain way, but still wasn't afraid to like get down and dirty. And unfortunately I think something happened like after that season of my life where leaders really did move into this role of perfection and um, silence. They started to hide stuff. In my opinion, they, they, the openness and the transparency has not been there in, in the same way it was in those couple of moments in my life many, many years ago. And so I think this is a great question because I just think it's important. Number one, it validates the fact that we're so open about the struggles we're going through because I think people need to understand that just because we're on the site, uh, we're sitting over here in, a, in, in the role of leader, we're not perfect. We do go through things just because you get saved does not mean you're now saved and perfected. That's the beginning of the journey, you know? And so unfortunately leaders don't focus on making disciples because making disciples is about not just leading them to the cross, but walking out the journey with them. That's why no matter what we try to show up every Monday, you know, cause we've made a commitment to be in this with you. And so, you know, That has to mean something, you know, or, or, or what's it going to mean to all of you watching or listening? So I don't know, Christina Nova, I'm curious to get your, your comments on that. Um, you know, it is interesting that women would feel that leaders are unapproachable because they're looking at, you know, a leader and their life looks perfect. And I think that's really, that's a big fault of leadership to stand on a pulpit and even try to front that your life is perfect. Cause I got to mm-hmm. tell you, I've stood on those same platforms and podiums with these other leaders and they're not perfect. You know, their, their lives are not Perfect. I mean, I preached with a guy who blew the roof off of a conference in South Africa. And six months later, his wife was beating his behind on the front of the home, their home in Colorado, kicking him out and throwing his clothes out. It got real waiting to exhale with Angela Bassett out there. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, she discovered he'd been cheating with their spiritual daughter and the (sighs) whole church was in an uproar and there was fighting and twittering. And I mean, it, it got ugly. Right. And, and and just months prior, I was sitting there crying because I thought, I'll never be able to preach like this man. I'll never be able to, to get people to run to the platform throwing money at his feet. I'm not joking. This happened in South Africa. And, and I, I, I just, I felt inadequate, you know? And, and it took my husband looking at me saying, no, 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 stop it. You're not called here to do that. You yeah. let them do that. Let them let them front that. You know that. And I thought they had a perfect marriage and everything seemed perfect. They were perfectly dressed. They had the perfect armor bearers and bodyguards. Now y'all, I've, tra- I've traveled Sorry. all around the world with people like Denzel Washington and Lenny Kravitz and Oscar winners. Ain't no bodyguards. Mm-hmm. It really does amaze me that some pastors have bodyguards. Like. We got to stop fronting. We have to stop fronting and be transparent.
2: You know, even more so than even what actually makes me more sad than the comment of like, they're too perfect. You'll never be a part of them is the inapproachability or the unapproachability. I have to say, like, I have felt more like... Oh man, I could never even walk up to them because they're too busy. They're important. I never thought, well, maybe they're perfect or whatever, but I think that, I mean, that's another conversation we've been having over these last two days when we were in Nashville with you is our heart is to be with the people. What is the point if we were to be like put on this pedestal to speak down our words of wisdom and not be like rubbing shoulders with each other? We are family. We are not above Or, you know, above or beyond or whatever. And I think that is, if anything else, is what breaks my heart more. And, like, I have to say, I was so – when I met Todd White, like, a few few years ago, I was so won over by his authenticity and his genuine heart. Once he got off stage, met every single person, took time. He was there for, like, a long time. He talked with me and encouraged me about my brother who was – a struggling drug addict who's now finally on, on this path to sobriety. And he looked into my eyes, spoke with so much love and genuine care. And this guy has a huge ministry. He's preaching in front of 30,000 people. And I saw him take that time. They did with me with every single person that was backstage. Cameramen, people who were like, who, who, who did the craft services. These are people with like no names. They weren't leaders. They were normal people. And that, to me, that speaks volumes of what a shepherd or a pastor or a leader should be like. If we're supposed to be leading by Jesus, who did he spend time with? Yep. How, how did he show his love? Yep. He was down in the dirt with the prostitutes, the lepers, that the entire communities wouldn't even come near. Like, I think we've really gotten so far off from like, who Jesus is. Who yeah. is he? How did he lead? He, he is our ultimate example. And if we're supposed to be imitating him and to become like him, I think that's where you go. Wow. There's this huge disparity because we've gotten off from like who Jesus is, even is. Do yeah. we even know him? Do we Are know you- who we're becoming like? I don't know. He yeah. has a lot to say about this. So go for it, girl. Yeah. You
0: no, know, I, 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 I mean, very simply to me, I think, uh, well, let's put like, you know, pastors who are on stages, just like, I don't want to put them on blast, but I'm just saying often they become the hero of their own sermon. And I think that's, that's a big issue. It's like, they want to look so good. Like they have it enough together. They have enough together. So people go, okay, good. He's a good pastor. But the truth is, I still think people will relate more to the pastor who says the truth about his life. And I, we, we glorify, we glorify perfection in some ways. I think you have to work really, to be honest with you guys, I think you have to work really hard to get people not to worship you. I think you do. Mm, I think you have to go, you know what? I have a huge responsibility here. And I think I just need to be honest with people. And guess what? If you teach a culture of, Hey, after you're done like leading worship and after you're done preaching, just go and like shake people's hands. Go see how you can pray for people. Go be present with people. Don't hide Mm -hmm. away in the green room and in your big, beautiful office with your air conditioning and just go be with people. And that's to your point, Christina, a lot of what we talked about, but stop making yourself the hero of your own story and go be with people. Not so that people can go, oh, wow, they're really with people. But if you don't have a love to to go love people, step off the stage.
1: Bye. Yeah. But that's it. If You don't and have a
0: love. I mean, yeah. you guys, I'm passionate because it breaks my heart. Yeah. If you don't have a love for people. If you're not up there preaching the truth of God's word, because you really want to see people transformed to the, for them to know, man, God loves you. And I love you. And, and I want to see you transformed and changed. Like if you don't want that then you're in the wrong place, you yeah. know? So, mm. so don't go out. Don't even go out to shake hands so that you can be like, I look so good. I'm just like, does everybody see me? Because we know God doesn't care about that either. Right. Right. He's like, so right. Cynthia, back to your first point. is like, there is an alignment of our hearts that has to happen. And we need to ask ourselves those very tough questions. Like, is my, is my heart really for the kingdom? Am I really a true Christ follower? do I really believe that Jesus works? Mm-hmm. And then we move forward from that with him, you know, but I just say, take yourself off the stage. If you don't care about people
1: at all. Mm. Yeah. Listen, it's interesting. Cause one of the things I started saying early on when I started getting invited to speak at conferences and you're, you know, there's 30, 40,000 people at these international conferences and, in, you know, Australia and, you're in you know New Zealand or or Africa or places where it really is about you know numbers and people and one of the things i would always say is listen don't put me on a pedestal i'm your equal i'm standing here doing what you can be doing i'm a broken little girl a girl that has been sexually abused dropped rejected hurt all of what you've experienced and are experiencing out there i've been through it so I'm no different, I'm no bigger, I'm no better than. And if you put me on a pedestal and I fall, I have further to fall and it's gonna hurt more. So just keep me an equal, so that we can like trip and stumble together and catch each other. And you know, it's a lot easier, you know, if, if, if I'm walking with you, Christina, if I'm walking with you, Nova, and I trip, it's a lot easier for you to kind of, you can grab me before I actually hit the ground. If I'm on a pedestal and you can't reach me and I trip and fall, I'm on my face laying there for a minute. By the time you can climb up the stairs, get to the platform and help me to stand back up again, get the visual, man. Like that's a, that's to me, that's such a powerful, you know, visual to think about.
0: I think leaders um, have a responsibility, Cynthia, to, I mean, if I, if I simply look at it, people they have the responsibility not to, uh, look like perfection, but to be truly honest about their garbage. And it's very unsafe, um, for them. It's very unsafe. And we haven't done well, even with people who have presented their garbage. So, so, so too, there is the other side of it when people have been honest and they're like, Oh my goodness, you're a hot mess. You got to go. So, right. so I think that, uh, there's so, right. There's the other, the flip side of that. And I know that we're trying to close this session, this part out, but, um, I think there is, there's the other side of it where we haven't quite been compassionate to leaders who mm-hmm. before they've ever done something really crazy, they're like, here's my garbage. And, and maybe we've, um, maybe we've made an unsafe environment for, for those leaders too. So I'll just leave you with that. I don't know.
2: Well, yeah, no, I I think that's great. I think that's a great flip side because I, I will just like you said, just to champion leaders as well. There are very many amazing leaders. I'm married to one. Noah's married to one, Cynthia, you're married to one and they are some of the best men that I have encountered. And I know that when you're in leadership, you it's, it's thankless. Um, you often, all you get is criticism. There's a lot of accusation towards it, you know, and I, and I know that the devil hates people who have been given or entrusted that place of leadership within the body. So I don't want to discount the hundreds and thousands of amazing men and women who have stayed with people, held their heart, right. Been transparent. And I do agree with, you Nova, that I think, um, we do need to create that safe space and it really is just a walk of discernment. You know, at the end of the day, because it isn't just—it's not black and white. There isn't, you know, one size sh- one size fits all. It's it really is. Everyone is so different. So I do also want to applaud those who have, you know, clung to humility and really like align themselves with Jesus's heart in serving the church as well. This isn't just a blast everyone. Everyone is, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater no. type of yeah, thing.
1: No. no, you know, no. But it—it's just. It's just been a big year or two, I think, for the church body around the world. And to me, as we wrap up today, it's really important to recognize and acknowledge that we've been in a season of squeezing and pressurization and standing up and falling down. And you you got to look at your history, man. You know, we live in a culture that wants to rewrite history, erase it, get rid of it, you know, or keep us and our young people focused on just the bad part of our history. That is not the way forward. That's the way to repeat the mistakes of the past. So if we truly want to not repeat the mistakes of our past on any level, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, politically, Then we've got to know who we are, whose we are, what our history is and what our mistakes were and how we overcome and overcame those mistakes and what our failures were and what our victories and our our wins were. And we've got to look at all of it and, and, and walk in the fruit of the spirit, which is about unity. It's about love. But out of love comes all these other things, you know, patience, kindness, you know, joy, humility, meekness, gentleness, self-control. You know? We, we we live in a culture that lacks self-control. Just look at the political divide in in the in the in the culture that we've been in here in America, which spread out around the world, you know, the last six, seven years. It, I mean, it's been horrendous. You know, you even have yeah our last administration came in promising unity they've we're just divided even more like no one wants to be bigger than the problem no one wants to let it go and really move on in unity why because there is a lack of jesus on the throne in the hearts of man today there's an absence of christ on the on the on the throne in leadership today you know and leaders are serving themselves not necessarily serving the flock but we the people <laughs> in order to form a more perfect union politically and spiritually have to actually unite and start to walk in loving truth loving truth and the truth is that love is should be preeminent in everything that we do and say and and it's not and we've we can be the change You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, right now, today, you can decide, I'm going to be the change. You may not know how to be the change. You know, you may not know how to use your voice, your position, your platform, whatever, but keep showing up here at Girl Club because we'd like to figure it all out with you and we'd like to encourage you and we'd like to walk with you as you decide that you're not going to be silent anymore about what's wrong, but you're going to stand up for what's right. And so as we do wrap up today... I just want to take a quick minute to thank life audio for hosting this podcast. And I want to encourage all of you to um, check out the other, the other uh, teachers on life audio, check them out prayerfully and with discernment and decide, you know, is there anything else you want to add to your listening, you know? um, But as you do that, you know, I'm so grateful that you've chosen to make us a place where you come every week, you know, we love you guys. And we show up even with COVID, you know, to, to to be present for you and to work this out with you because iron sharpens iron. So from us, real girls having real talk about real issues and seeking to apply our real faith as we make real changes in the world around us. Um, peace out for this week, and um, yeah, who want? Does anybody? You know, I feel like though. We've got one minute. Does anybody want to uh, volunteer to do a quick prayer out? Nova, Christina. Okay. I, I called it. It's me, right? All right. All right. God, we don't want to forget to thank you. You created us. You are Lord of all. You are Lord of this day. You are Lord over our week. And in any way where we've been sitting in your driver's seat, we repent and we ask, Lord. That you would heal our nation, that you would heal our lives, and that you would be our God, and that we would truly be your servant hearted, loving people. Let your light shine in us so brightly that others would desire to know you and to know truth. So, Lord, we give you this day and we give you this week, and we ask, Father, that we would be pleasing and useful vessels for you. Lord, we partner with you. We partner with you in what you want to do through each life. That is listening today in Jesus name. Love y'all. Love you guys. Love Love y'all. Love all of you listening and watching. And we'll see you next week right here on Girl Club. Bye.
2: Looking for ways to stay positive? brighten your day with the free story behind
0: podcast
2: hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy love and hope listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for story behind wherever you get your podcasts